Welcome back to episode three of Talking a Little Bit About Everything. Today we're getting to some funny stories of um, traveling. Some traveling stories. Again, they're from a couple websites, some from Reddit. So whichever ones are true, I'm not sure, but so just bear with me and I hope they're all true. So that time, number one, that time I forgot an entire suitcase before a trip. How? <laughs> there are a few times in my life when I've laughed just, uh, uncontrollably. Um, this is the story of how I once managed to forget an entire suitcase on my way to a trip. No, I did not leave it at a bus stop. I did not neg- negligently have taken it from me in a busy cross street. No, I simply left it on the floor, meticulously packed on the dust- dusty carpet of my studio apartment, probably wondering why his mom left him it had it was a hazy november evening specifically it was black friday exhausted from a recent press trip and the daunting catch-up to be played that morning i can fully admit i was not myself mentally speaking marbles might have been lost or destroyed entirely but a christmas market getaway was soon to be my reward for a hard day's work my to-do list that day was the only thing standing between me and a weekend in Yusseldorf, munching on bonbons and frolicking wherever the gluing was fresh. Um, is that German, I'm assuming? So dutiful, I started my day by packing for the weekend and then proceeded to spend the next eight hours glued at my desk, clacking away at the keyboard. When my boyfriend got home, we had to act fast. Our train was set to depart. Within the hour, so it was very much a grab bags and go situation. Luckily, having pre-packed, I felt pretty smug as he darted around to try to find his toothpaste while shoving all things into an oversized duffel bag. I was uh, clacking away at my keyboard up until the moment he said time to go, at which point I threw my laptop in my backpack. Off we went. Through the 15-minute commute to Munich's main train station, I kept my nose glued to my phone, attempting in earnest to craft the perfect cat caption for a facebook how cosmopolitan of me i thought a woman on the go juggling work so effortlessly en route to a weekend away in a glassy new city um i am carrie bradshaw meets michelle obama i gloated giddily to myself thumb still working as the u-bond came to a slow crawl uh central station i didn't have I didn't have any of my stuff. I realized I hadn't brought in the suitcase I had so dutifully packed and had nothing on me but my small black backpack with my laptop and camera. But with my train leaving in 10 minutes, I had to go forget running back to my suitcase. I had to bust my butt, even make it on the train. And so I sat on my overheated train bound for Dusseldorf five hours ahead to allow the full gravity of my problem sink in. I had no clothes, nothing but the wooden granny sweater I threw on last minute and a black tank top, which was sure to be cake soon with 72 hours worth of sweat and humiliation, and boyfriend was being unhelpful. There were a f- there are a few moments in my life that I'm not terribly proud of. In the aftermath of my realization and admits the hysterical laughter that followed, I would have traded places with any of those prior mi- moments 20 times over. 
But as I say, even lemons can be made into lemonade. I hurled myself into a DM upon arrival and stocked up on makeup and hygiene essentials and treated myself to a dorky Christmas sweater to last me the rest of the weekend. So I had at least one outfit <coughs> one outfit change <coughs> add on some borrowed clothes from my qu- from her boyfriend and I was back in business able to frolic and enjoy the the market. Seventy two hours later when I arrived back home I couldn't help but laugh and final hysterically a final time as I saw my sad suitcase sitting in the middle of the room, handle up, ready to go exactly as I had left it a few days ago. That's hilarious. Um, that time, my boat in Venice vanished. There are, uh, today, so I'd like to share one of these. Um, I don't know how you lose a boat. This is the untold story of when my boat in Venice, boat in Venice vanished. Say that 12 times. Boat in Venice vanished. Boat in Venice And the whirlwind hell that ensued. When I was still interning for for a river cruise company as a photo interning, as a photo reporter, it was my actual job to visit magical places live on boats and document the whole thing. My fifth cruise brought me to Venice, one of the most romantic cities in the world. I had been there for once as a high schooler and I couldn't wait to see it again in my more mature form. As I rode from the airport to the docks, I passed through an industrial side of Venice I had never seen before. Giant loading zones for mammoth cruise ships and woe roads the Venice I knew didn't have roads. As we reached our stop, Zanbazillo dock, my, ta- my taxi driver pulled into an empty parking lot and gestured unhelpfully towards the water boats there. At the time I was confident I figured it out, there was no time to clarify or press. I was in Venice. There was pasta to be eaten to, or, you know, at the very least, many tourist picture to photobomb. So I made my way along the water, passing super yachts, cruises, little dingies. I didn't know how long I'd have to walk, but at this point I had been, I had seen these cruises multiple times. I thought I'd recognize it instantly, so I wasn't worried. About 15 minutes later, that delayed worry began to kick in. Where was this boat? I dragged my rolling suitcase across rickety cobblestone, demolishing the romantic ambiance with my utter lack of grace. I still do wonder how many proposals I ruined that night up and down. I searched for my boat. I doubled back twice as the sun sank lower and lower behind the rippling waves of blue. In my panic, I ducked into the only official-looking building around showing some someone a print out of my boat's name and then printed instructions to visit the exact look. The burly Italian man with orange sunburnt skin squinted at my papers, and the four words destroyed my already shaky sense of confidence. And Miss Michelangelo. No, here, I, he accompanied his harsh words with an even harsher X made with his arms to really hammer in the fact that no, this boat was not here. I was kind of homeless in Venice and I had no idea where I actually was. All I could muster was a week. Okay, so as I escaped outside to complete, uh, complete contemplate my demise searching through all my papers in a panic i finally found that boat's number a fast-talking italian woman greeted me on the other end no 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 we were at san basilio walking till the walking will take one and a half hours and take the vaporato and 
the rest of her directions came out in jumbled, frenzied mess, capped off with an okay bye. It turned out the boat had not simply vanished, but was docked elsewhere for the night due to scheduling water levels. How and how is he supposed to get there? I waddled to the first evaporato spot I could see. I didn't know how to read the timetable, so I just stood there and literally stared. I was the definition of helpless. The Vaporetto schedules made no sense. It was getting darker. I had no idea how to get to this boat. And I was certain of my imminent death. Then a voice came, Do you need help? There stood a short, thin man, so teased so brightly that it practically glowed. Over a short conversation, I found out he had lived in Montreal for 10 years, now in Venice for 20, and knew the city like the back of his hand. I told him the name of my new location, and he explained the complicated route to me which required two Vaporetto transfers and a short walk in my in while in the dark. My eyes were glazed over. I had no idea what he was saying. And so Mr. Mysterious Montreal stood with me as countless boats passed. Not this one, he would repeat. He probably had kids wondering where the heck he was all night helping a useless Canadian girl. Kids helping a, use, helping a useless Canadian girl. Then it came Vaporetto number two, like an action movie right before an impending explosion. He held his foot down on the boat, extending his hand and shoving me on board through the exit. I sat there in fear the entire time, clutching my suitcase like my firstborn as the Venetian sun came down. For a brief second, the worry dissipated as I caught a glimpse of the final shreds of orangey sunset in the sky. I followed the steps as advised and arrived to the boat like a traumatized puppy drained in need of a good cuddle and so as i entered my tiny cabin home for the next week i set my bags down and heaved a sigh of relief and i he she didn't unalive menace that night but what happened the day after made her what she had but of course that's a story to be continued what Excuse you, I hear that one. Okay. Now, I don't know if I'm correct about finding these stories um, on here. People have to send them to you, or if you could just read them. So, sure, let's read this one by Luca Palwan. Uh, one thing I remember was when I was in Thailand, they were shooting the movie The Beach. It was... I was in a cafe in Krabi, looking pretty rough. A white guy came in looking for extras for the movie. I said, sure, why not? Should I clean up and have a shave, etc.? No, he said, stay like that. I had a great essential part in the film, lying on the beach, looking completely stoned. It was an easy role, and they paid uh, us a small daily allowance, plus they fed us. When I watched the movie, I was in the frame for like two seconds as it panned along the beach. (laughs) Could you tell us what movie it was? After number two, oh be goody. After hanging out on the rooftop area, or not number two, number like four, I think, rooftop area at my hostel, I go back downstairs and walk into my dorm room, taking care not wake, not wake the new arrival asleep in one of the beds. First, I noticed that my shoes weren't weren't where I left them. Then I saw the padlock to my locker was missing. I opened the locker to see everything in my clothes, cash, wallet, and passport was missing. Then I realized it was in the wrong room. My room was on one floor down, but the layout to each floor was exactly the same. Okay. 
last one and I will let you guys go. Week-long trip over college break, London, Paris, and Amsterdam. In Paris, we had some free time one day. Me and another traveler, travel mate decided we wanted to see Jim Morrison's grave in Père Lachaise Cemetery. We get out there, and it was not neat. Or it was neat to see, but then there was this guy. He had long black curly hair, a leather jacket, glasses, spoke pretty good English, and clutched a copy of his tattered Jim Morrison. The Doors book, he was the Doors book. He was the self-proclaimed guardian of Jim's grave, an official tour guide. He talked our ear off about Jim, but then insisted we come see some interesting sights in the cemetery. We were too young and naive to be rude and say no. So this weirdo chuckled trekked us all over the cemetery for like an hour we were sure we'd be killed before the day was out at one point he was explaining how land is expensive so families were buried vertically sometimes 15 plus deep over the years deep down into a grave's half he lifted up his upper cover and insisted we look at how deep the hole went yes we should have ran at that point but in his defense we would and he did end up showing up showing us frederick Chopin. Sarah Bernhardt, Mr. Fertility, Victor Noir, Viva Dunin, and Oscar Wilde. Every time we changed locals, he'd shout, Come on, baby, light my fire, pure insanity. And he just wanted tips at the end that this was his day job protecting him and giving him and giving tours 15 years ago. But that afternoon was awesome um, for the OP. A little odd but interesting anyways that is it for you for us tonight i hope you enjoyed those stories um please like and follow and so i could share more with you guys bye now